everyone. Welcome to Team Doni Co. Helping Pets and Their People. I am your host today, Marilyn Milano. And this show is all about letting people know about a wonderful organization in our community that is helping the pets of low income and homeless population. And so I have asked this question before. Do you ever see someone on the street that maybe looks like they're down on their luck and and they've got a little dog or a little cat with them? And does it ever cross your mind, wow, you know, is that pet getting food? I mean, what happens if this dog or cat gets sick? Um, You know, people that are caring and compassionate think about things like this. And it should put a lot of minds at ease to know that Donico is here to help those folks. There is help for the pets of Uh, homeless and low-income people. And we just want to let more people know about that and educate them about everything Donico is doing. So what we're going to do is uh, speak briefly with our president of the board of directors, Marty Casey, and then she will introduce our special guest today, Katie Kuhl. So we will take a short pause and be right back and jump right into our presentation. For 35 years, Doni Co. Pet Clinic has provided comprehensive care for the animals of people in need. Funded by donations and powered by volunteers, Doni Co. Pet Clinics keeps overhead to a minimum to ensure healing is at a maximum. Please join Team Doni Co. and make a difference in the lives of people and their animals. Volunteer or donate today, Doni Co. Pet Clinic. Log into donico.org. That's D-O-N-E-Y-C-O-E. Welcome back. I'm Marilyn Milano, your host of Team Donico, helping pets and their people. As I mentioned a moment ago, we are going to hear briefly from our president of the board of directors, Marty Casey, who is a regular guest on our show. She is a fount of knowledge and just so important to everything Donico is doing. And she is here to introduce our very special guest today. So, Marty, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And today I really will be brief. um, And I'm looking forward to talking more on the next show. But I'm so excited that we have the opportunity to um, talk with Dr. Katie Kuhl, who is a volunteer veterinarian and instructor at Donico Pet Clinic. And that's just one of her jobs. Um, Dr. Cool is absolutely everywhere in Seattle that is helping animals in need. She's the clinical instructor of shelter medicine from Washington State University College of Veterinary Medicine. And as I think our listeners may know, we're very, um, very partial to Washington State University. Our founder was a graduate and we have many cougars that participate as volunteers and mentors to our clinic. Um, She's also the co-founder of the One Health Clinic, which I think you'll be fascinated to hear about. And she's already received many, well, I should say several, several awards. Um, She was honored by the Washington State Veterinary Medical Association as the 2020 Faculty Member of the Year. And just last weekend, she was um, honored by her alma mater, which is the um, University of Wisconsin-Madison School for Veterinary Medicine. And she was honored as their Young Alumni of the Year, which is quite an honor. She's also a third generation Badger, so I know it even meant more to her. Uh, We were talking briefly before the show, and I just said, Katie is our superpower. And with that, I will turn it back over to you, Marilyn, and enjoy. 
Okay. Well, thank you, Marty. Thank you so much for taking some time to be with us this week. And Katie, thank you so much for making time for us today. Oh, well, it is just an honor and pleasure to be here to talk about some of my very favorite things in the world. I know. I love it, too. And I find the time goes so fast. I love talking about animals and helping them. I love uh, I'm seeing a picture of you here um, on my screen with the little hedgehog. And that's just so adorable. Um, So do you treat other animals, a lot of other animals besides dogs and cats? Or is it mostly uh, dogs and cats and these little cuties like this hedgehog I'm seeing um, come in once in a great while? Well, you know, I, um, there are very few animals that I would turn away from my care. Um, there are some animals where I would probably need to phone a friend and maybe get a little assistance, but I'm certainly, um, willing to try with just about any species. Um, I really enjoy being able to treat some of the more like interesting or unusual pets. Um, I've had some experience working in wildlife rehab and care. Um, And believe it or not, before I became a shelter veterinarian, um, I actually thought I was going to be um, a dairy practitioner in the state, in in the cheese state of Wisconsin. Um, And kind of just a twist of fate that brought me down um, the path of of animal welfare, shelter medicine, and now education. Wow, that that is so interesting. So I was going to ask you, I mean, uh, we just heard you're a third generation badger from Wisconsin. How did you end up in Seattle? Yeah, well, so I started off my veterinary career um, in the same town that I graduated from school in Madison, Wisconsin, a lovely place, um, and worked with a shelter there. And that shelter, um, as I as I came on board, sort of became this training ground for Dr. Sandra Newberry and her um, shelter medicine training program at the University of Wisconsin. Um, and it was through that position at the shelter that I started working um, with veterinary students, uh, shelter medicine interns, and a shelter medicine residency training program. And it was through those experiences that I really discovered that education and teaching, and especially clinical teaching, was my passion. Um, and so, you know, me and my wife have been kicking around some ideas about checking out a new location in the world. We're kind of adventurous people. And when I saw a job posting with Washington State University for this really unique position, they had just created it. And it was going to it essentially married my two passions, which was um, shelter medicine. So being based out of a large um, humane society here in Seattle area, and then um, the opportunity to actually become a faculty member for Washington State University um, and really be able to focus my efforts on the education of the Washington State University veterinary students. That's amazing. I mean, talk about everything coming together. Now, so just so that I understand a little bit better, Um, You are at WSU, right? Mm -hmm. And then you are um, a chief um, volunteer vet with Donico. Yeah, so... so, Washington State University, that's who that's who sends me my paychecks. Um, <laughs> and then um, through the experience, by cultivating kind of the experiences that I wanted for the students as part of their time with me during their clinical rotation at Seattle Humane, um, I started reaching out to organizations in the community and trying to, to figure out where a good place for me and the students would be for me to really help them kind of get their boots on the ground and get out 
out into the real world, as I like to say, away from the ivory tower of, of education and mm-hmm. be able to really make an impact in the community. And Donico, um, after I connected with them, it became clear it was a natural fit, um, not only as a benefit to be able to help with their capacity to care for animals in the community, but also the kind of really unique experience that their clinics provide for these students. Truly, unlike anything else they'll experience during their fourth year clinical rotations. Yes, yes, that is true. And now I'm going to go off on a sidebar for just a moment, and maybe you can address this. First of all, I'm really happy to hear that, you know, you are working with a lot of students and that the WSU program is thriving. Um, We've been hearing things from different rescue groups and just kind of stories here and there about the fact that right now there is a desperate need for veterinarians. Some clinics are backed up. Uh, Right now, some of the emergency clinics can't take pets. I mean, there's a three, four, five hour wait. Um, Do you anticipate, like with the programs that are going on at WSU, that this this situation will be alleviated as we welcome new young veterinarians into their practices? Yeah, I mean, I think what we're experiencing now um, is kind of the culmination of of some challenges that we're facing with um, the demands in 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 our profession and with the the balance or um, symbiosis of being able to to be a caretaker, be a veterinarian, but also be a um, be a human and and take care of yourself and your own needs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's not only that we need to be bringing more folks into the profession, um, whether that's support staff or, or veterinarians themselves, but we also need to really be focusing on the kinds of work environments that we've created in veterinary medicine and how we can make it sustainable for well-being and longevity in the profession because um, we're certainly we're certainly seeing plenty of graduates from programs but um, we're also seeing lots of people leaving the profession because of burnout because of yes. stress yes that's what I've heard of too and that's sad but I certainly understand it and uh, before going on to another question I have for you I just wanted to mention, Um, you talked about the experience that these students can get in their fourth year clinical uh, when they're involved with a a group like Donico. And so um, there is a need to train a new generation of vets about the importance of community service. And I'm sure this hands-on experience changes them for the better for the rest of their lives. Oh, certainly. I mean, I can't even tell you how excited I get when I, you know, I I sit down with the students at the end of the rotation and um, we kind of talk about the different experiences. um, And I just get so excited. The students, sometimes they'll say to me, you know, I'm going to practice in such and such location. And I just, I want to start a clinic like this. I want to do this in my community. I want to bring this to the families in my community that need this. Um, and even, and then even here at home at Donny Co, it's been really exciting because I've been able to see some of my students graduate, start their careers, and then actually come back to Donny Co as volunteers and continue that community service and, and continue to, um, sort of fuel that passion. Well, I, I think that it's amazing. And I just, I love seeing the integration between, um, what's happening with Donny Co and, uh, and WSU and these new students who are getting an opportunity to learn. You know, I, I love also hearing that people want to take this back to their communities. I have had 
um, two different communications. I'm, I'm a dog, crazy dog lady. I've got three Cocker Spaniels. I belong to, you know, three or four Facebook groups that love animals. I've got the, the Cocker Spaniel figurines, the whole thing. But I know of two people who recently went through extremely hard times um, and did not have the funds to take care of their pets. Now, I was able to connect them through some networking uh, with a couple of groups that were able to help. But to hear a person who was in her 60s, um, who has worked all her life, but now has arthritis and her arm is injured and she lost her car. She's got two dogs of her own that she got a few years ago when things were a little bit better. And to hear that, you know, one of them needed some surgery and she had like a hundred dollars left, no savings, no nothing. And I was hoping that there was a donico type situation in her community. But what I'm learning is, um, you know, this is quite unusual. So I had said, if only I could do this, if I were a wealthy philanthropist, I would want to set up clinics in other cities so other people can have this help. Because when you love your animals so much, um, and you can't provide or you're at your wit's end and then you become frantic and even other solutions don't look possible. Um, this really helped me appreciate how valuable uh, what Donico is doing uh, is to our community and how it is needed in other places. So yay, I hope some of these folks will take up um, the cause and open up some, some inroads into new communities where people can get this kind of help. Definitely, I couldn't agree more. And I hope, too, that, you know, maybe it's opportunities like this that also help um, to alleviate some of that burnout that we talked about in the profession. Mm -hmm. um, it can be really hard when your clients aren't able to are able to access the kinds of services that you would like to recommend or that are, you know, completely necessary for their beloved family members, their beloved pets. Right. Um, and so the, the more that we can have these kinds of resources in our community, the more options we can give those veterinarians um, to, to be able to help with care, refer for care, um, or give give back and, and get that, that satisfaction back from the volunteer work. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, um, I, I really believe in giving back at whatever level I can. Maybe it's not a huge amount, but I like to give back. I think if everybody does what they can at their capacity, if everybody does something, it all helps. And this is just near and dear to me, again, having known a couple of people personally who were really struggling with getting the care. Now, I want to hop to a different topic for a moment because something's coming up that is pretty important to all animal lovers, and that is World Rabies Day on September 25th. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so Washington State University has a really robust program focusing on um, research on trying to eradicate or and control rabies in locations where um, it still is a threat to not only economics, um, you know, livestock, but also human life. And in conjunction with that, we like to kind of raise awareness in our more local communities um, and be able to improve access to care for vaccination against rabies and other common animal diseases. And so we have, this is our second year that we're putting together um, a multi-site vaccine clinic event on the 25th. So we've got a lot of really great partner organizations in the region and each organization or group of organizations has chosen a different location um, to hold a free vaccine clinic for um, cats and dogs. Um, I don't know. I suppose we could do some ferret vaccines at my location, but <laughs> that's about all, who, all the animals 
animals that get rabies vaccines. Um, and so we'll be doing these free vaccine clinics on September 25th. Um, and uh, it's, it's going to be a really great time. We've got a lot going on and a lot of people putting a lot of work into getting ready for it. Now, can people go to the WSU Veterinary uh, School website? Where should we send people who want to get more information or who want to know where the closest clinic to them would be? Oh, man, that's a really great question. And I should be prepared with an answer, Marilyn. Um, I can provide something. I don't know if your show has like um, a page where we can post something. We do. Um, we do have a page where we can post information. And so I'd be happy to do that if you want. Yeah. To send that to and me. I would say, you know, if you did a search for World Rabies Day Seattle, we hopefully you would be able to find us that way as well. Okay. Yes. If I know people type in or Google, they can, a lot of times things pop up. So uh, if you want to follow up with me with something, I think we can post that on our show page. But in the meantime, uh, World Rabies Day is certainly important. Now, I'm also curious. Um, I think a lot of people think that rabies is just a problem in remote parts of the world, but uh, it sounds like maybe it's a problem in the United States still. What is uh, what is keeping us from having a better handle on that? Do people just not know? They don't care? They're afraid of the vaccine? What What is that? Well, vaccination is certainly one of the most important tools in protecting human health, specifically. Um, one of the challenges with rabies is that um, there are still what we call animal vectors, so animals that um, maintain rabies within their populations. And in those wild animal populations, um, vaccination is much more challenging. I'm not going to say impossible because there, there are efforts underway to affect that, but um, sure. You know, you can't catch every raccoon and give it a shot in the no, butt. So, no, or um, that. I mean, it's like, let's grab these. There's 200 bats under the bridge in Austin, Texas. Can we give them all a shot? No, exactly, exactly. But especially in locations where it is more common, um, certainly um, making sure that people are educated about the importance of rabies vaccination, the timing of the rabies vaccination, um, and making sure that there are low-cost or free options for access to it are certainly going to be helpful in controlling it and reducing um, potential human exposure. Well, I love that. You know, I would never go see Old Yeller as a child because oh, I was gosh. too sensitive and I can't stand If the dog doesn't live in the end, I will not go. Oh, I'm um, with you. But again, <laughs> um, I, I mean, no, I, I just can't because I'll be on the floor for days. But uh, kidding aside, I mean, this is an important issue. And I'm so thrilled to hear that there will be free options for people on September 25th. So people have been putting it off or mm -hmm. they know they need to get it done, but they've been mm -hmm. waiting. Or maybe, you know, maybe they haven't even been that aware. So this is fantastic. So thanks to all of you who are, are making uh, are making that happen for people. Now, I also learned that you're a co-founder of something called One Health Clinics or One Health Clinic, singular. Um, can you tell me more about that and why this is a, a pretty exciting thing? Oh, I would love to tell you more about that. So the One Health Clinic um, was created as a collaboration between Washington State University, um, University of Washington Center for One Health Research, and then our um, community health, human health care partner, which is Neighbor Care Health. Um, and so by our powers combined, 
<laughs> we have um, created a novel and innovative model where we can provide human and animal health care in an integrated side-by-side -side setting. Um, and we are finding with our work that we are able to improve the engagement um, in healthcare of individuals who might otherwise not be seeking healthcare for themselves, um, as well as really tailoring our approach to focus on positive outcomes for the human and the animal and interventions that can affect them both. We've had a lot of fun creating this integrated healthcare model, and it's been really exciting over the past year. We've been working hard on creating a toolkit. So we kind of talked before about, um, you know, sharing, sharing what you know and creating other um, other creating in other communities these kinds of clinics. Mm -hmm. And so what we've actually done is created a step-by-step -step toolkit so that other organizations in other communities can, um, can create integrated human and animal health care, one health clinics. Um, and we act as mentors for them and help them navigate, you know, making connections with um, other professionals to create this, this innovative integrated care. Um, and we know, you know, it's, it's really easy um, you know, traditionally, we we kind of have this model where we're like, well, you know, we can deliver some veterinary care, and then maybe we'll have somebody there who's like signing people up for appointments for to see, um, you know, a physician or see a dentist or something like that, um, and or having like you know side by side vaccine clinics, which is great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and any kind of you know one health connection is going to be valuable for people. But one of the really cool things about this clinic is that we're we're able to kind of take the time and space to um, to really go a little bit deeper on the care that we're providing in the moment without having to rely on follow-up and referrals and those kinds of things to really address people's um, concerns as quickly as possible and, and provide solutions for them and for their animals. So just um, to make sure I'm understanding it properly, this One Health Clinic, so if I were a low-income person who had bronchitis, uh, and my dog might be facing an issue or just needing a checkup, I could bring my dog in and my issue could be addressed and my dog's issue could also be addressed in the same visit? Yeah, exactly. Wow. You know, and I'll tell you what, you know, you talk about therapy pets and things like that. I know that if I could just take my dog into my doctor's visit with me, I mean, they might not appreciate her because she's a little goofball, but I mean, it, it does reduce stress too, you know, just having mm -hmm. your animal with you, holding them. Mm -hmm. um, so this is just a, a really cool idea. And I also love that you've set it up so that there are there's a model for other people who want to duplicate this because that's just something I really want to see that happen. I'm not equipped to make it happen, but I can help share the information, get the word out, you know, make a donation, do those kinds of things, and encourage others to do that. So anybody who's listening, um, you know, if you'd like to see uh, organizations like One Health Clinic, like Donico, I mean, please. Uh, please research a bit. You can make a donation, even if it's $5 and it all adds up and it's going to help more and more pets and their people. So I'm thrilled with this. Now, um, as yeah, always, and anybody who is thinking, listening and thinking, gosh, my community could use one of those. If you head on over to onehealthclinic.org, um, you can learn more about the toolkit there and, um, and take the first steps to creating this kind of care model for your community. 
fabulous, onehealthclinic.org. I love that. So I can't believe it, but Marty warned us, and it's true, whenever we're talking about things that are near and dear to us, that time really flies. So uh, we've got about two minutes, and I would just like to ask you if there's anything else you would like to share that we haven't touched on yet today. I know we're going to bring you back again because there's all kinds of great stuff we can continue to talk about and educate people with. But I just wanted to know if there was anything else you would like to say or add or, you know, let people know is, is happening. Hmm, that's a really good question. <laughs> Thank you so much. What do I pick? Well, um, I, I have a question here. If we can just answer it quickly, it sounds like it's one that might take more time, but maybe we can do the short answer this time and come back and dig into it more later. Apparently, you were very involved in helping Doni Co. Uh, develop and deliver telehealth vet medicine uh, during the stay-at-home order during the pandemic. So um, how did that work? <laughs> well, it was very interesting. So <laughs> I, I think it actually worked really well for, for some people in some cases. I think um, some of the nuance that comes with that is being able to tell as you're you know talking to somebody and learning more about what's going on with their pet, um, being able to sort of tease out either from their discussion, their descriptions, their photos, their video, um, if it's something that needs to be addressed in person more urgently, or if it's something that really can can be um, that you can coach somebody through, that you can send them to pick up medications or even mail them medications. You don't even have to leave the house. Um, and then of course, follow up on that. But I think it's really exciting that the veterinary um, field is embracing more telehealth. Um, and yes. I think hopefully that will help not only with workflow and um, ability for us to care for more pets, but hopefully also be um, a positive thing, a convenience for owners and pets as well. I think so, too. And I think that's great. So we are unfortunately out of time. But thank you, Katie. You have had so much great information to share. You've been a wonderful guest. We'll oh, have you, you back again. And we have been talking with uh, Dr. Katie Cole, who has been a multiple award winner, very involved with WSU and Donico. And we're going to have her come back again because there's still a lot more to share. So we'll take a very short pause and we'll be right back to wrap things up. Thank you. I'm Marilyn Milano, your host here on Team Donico, helping pets and their people. How long have you been coming to the Donico? Uh, probably his first checkup was about four years ago, and they've been helping me with his regular medication for two years now. He's a beautiful dog. Yes, he is. His name is Maximus. He's gorgeous. I got him when he's 10 months, and he's almost just about 11 now. And then so you actually were homeless at one point, as you said, and then you went to low income, and that's when you could get the dog. Yes, yes. What advice do you have anybody considering getting a pet? What What is it, uh, having a pet, and what would you suggest? The, without my pet, I wouldn't be here today. Obviously, for companionship, I went through a horrible split up and stuff, but just you just kind of raise them like a children, like your kid, and, and just, uh, I would say probably just think before you get a pet, though, if you're in a situation, because a little stability makes it a lot easier for the animal. It sounds like that's what you did. Yeah. You were homeless, and maybe it would be more challenging to have a pet then at that time, but you got some stability, yes. and now it's time, yeah. and you've been able to give the time your dog needs. Yes, very much so. Team Donico, making a difference in the lives of people and their animals. Donico.org. That's D-O-N-E-Y-C-O-E dot O-R-G. Welcome 
Welcome back to Team Donico, Helping Pets and Their People. I'm your host, Marilyn Milano, and hope you enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Katie Cole. And of course, we had our president of our board of directors, Marty Casey, on for a few minutes to introduce her, and she will be back with us in a future show, of course. But there's so much great information, and there are so many good things that this organization is doing. I'm excited to be able to help spread the word and through our show and through the podcast. We are letting people know what is happening, letting people know what is being done because it's great to help. But if people don't know they can get this help, then we're missing out. And how heartwarming and how reassuring for someone who doesn't think there's any solution or help for their animal to know that indeed there actually is. So thanks again to uh, president of our board of directors, Marty Casey, for all that you are doing to, to help pets and their people. Thanks again to Dr. Katie. And we will be back next time. In the meantime, have an amazing week. I'm your host, Marilyn Milano, with Team Donico, helping pets and their people. Thank you.